0: All right. All right. Welcome to the Strong Side Podcast. My name is Mitchell Black and I'm your host. And before we get started in today's show, I need you to do me a favor. I need you right now to go click the little subscribe button, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or whatever. And please, come on, please give this thing a five-star review. If you like what we have going on, screenshot it. Tag us on Instagram. Tell us what you want to hear more of and who you would like to hear more from. All right. So before we get rocking and rolling today's show, I want to tell you that I am pumped up. I am pumped up to uh, talk with one of our coaches today. This coach has a great story. You know, at StrongSide, we're all about helping people. And when we help people, it helps helps when our coaches have a diverse level of perspectives and understanding. And it's hard to always be in the athlete's shoes because we might not have ever been. In that athlete shoes, but this coach has from their journey from their knowledge to their grit to everything they have to be on the strong side team So today i'm super excited to talk to coach jenny
1: Hello, How- that's quite the entrance
0: <laughs> Yeah, man, you ready to rock and roll today? Oh, yeah, cool So we were just uh, we were just talking ahead of time. What'd you do this morning?
1: We went to Cracker Barrel. My daughter has spent the last three weeks in a cast, and it was time to get it off, so she got to pick breakfast, and of all the places in all the world, that's where she chose.
0: What? Uh, why was she in a cast?
1: Um, roller skating. So, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, the Nicolini family does not go skating for birthday parties anymore. Uh, <laughs> roller skating ended up in a cast. Uh, ice skating ended up with stitches.
0: Oh, there's been multiple. Yeah. So, okay.
1: Not again, not again. We're gonna stick to safe ground level, non-moving surfaces.
0: Got it. <laughs> uh, two things: some of you guys, are, as you guys are hearing the background noise, they are recording the workouts that are gonna drop tomorrow for our intermural competition, the Shamrock Showdown. So if you hear some barbells or something, that's just going on. They're testing the work, or not testing, but recording the workouts for you guys. And number two, uh, Nicolini. Yes. Say, right, look, dude, I've been working on it. <laughs> like That's how you say it?
1: You got it, yep.
0: Where's Nicolini from? It's Italian. Well, I figured. Okay. Yeah. So, does that mean, so like your your husband, first generation or second? Or like-
1: second generation. Okay. So, I'm Italian too. Um, he's more Italian by blood than I am, but my father was raised way more Italian than his father, um, or than he was. So, when it comes to traditions, I think I'm more Italian than he is, but... Uh, Technically, he's a little more Italian than I am. Technically, my kids are more Italian by blood than I am.
0: What uh, what, what, what's an Italian tradition?
1: Um, just like the meals, like my dad made fresh pasta, still does. He we used to get us together, and we'd make fresh ravioli. We would had an old coffee can, and we would cut the ravioli for him. Things like that, that just very traditional. I think.
0: Okay. Hey, that's cool, man. All right, we don't. Uh, I think as Americans. I don't know if we have that matrix I think about how I grew up and like we'd go to like the fair and eat a corn dog and that was kind of like our tradition, I don't know. But uh but yeah, man. So, I'm excited to talk to you today. The the first thing that I always ask all the coaches cuz it's an interesting story of how like you get there, but how did you get into coaching?
1: Um it's a long story and I think it probably starts with how we wanted to talk about a lot in this podcast anyways, which I think is my weight loss journey. Because part of my weight loss journey Ended up me at a gym working the front desk, which ended up being because of the gym I wanted to be at where I was able to learn things and get that active coaching, things that we practice a lot here. Um, And I wanted to be part of it, but I was in a six-month contract at a different place. And so the only way I could be part of it was to work there. And then front desk progressed into coaching. Um, But if we start way back, I mean, might as well go into the story now, right? Yeah,
0: man. (laughs) I'm excited to hear all about it.
1: Um, So I've always been, I guess, a little overweight, especially even in high school. I was never a uh, skinny chick, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, But I was always athletic, especially in high school. You know, I did sports. I did um, active things. I had a job. I was moving. But when we got to college, I was sedentary. And you know what a body at rest does? It stays at rest. Ooh, yeah. So I stayed at rest, and then college, there was choices of good and bad, mostly bad for food, and I chose ninety percent of the bad choices.
0: Now, when you say like, like bad, I went to a real small college. Like, I don't, I, you know, we didn't have like, we didn't even have the option for like meal tickets. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, what do you mean you're making bad choices?
1: Nobody was there to tell me you can't have cake and ice cream for dinner. Nobody was there to tell me that you can't eat burgers and fries, you know, three meals a day. Uh, So I made a lot of bad choices. You know, I went and would go to the convenience store and grab a bag of Cheetos and eat Cheetos for dinner. It was not focused on health nutrition whatsoever. And it just ballooned up the freshman 15, turned into the sophomore 30, which turned into, though, is it that junior 45? That's,
0: I didn't even know. Okay, let's keep going. There you go.
1: Yeah. And then by the time I think I graduated uh, college, I'd probably put on oh, 60, 70 pounds, something like that.
0: Are you still working out at that time?
1: Or? No, I never really worked okay. out. I mean, the gym at college, again, there was no sports, I didn't do any active sports. And I think as a child, In high school, there was always something actively I was doing, whether it was, you know, intramural basketball or just going out and playing, riding bikes. That stopped in college. You know, I stopped at heck. I was napping and not going to classes. I was not being a healthy, active person in any aspect of it. Um, And then when I graduated, we moved down here. And I don't want to say I didn't have time for fitness or that I didn't have time for it, because the reality is we make time for what we want to do. And what's prone in our lives. And like I said, I'd been at rest and I was not about to start moving. And I had a full-time job and nothing changed. Things just kept progressing and progressing and progressing. And then uh, we were trying to have kids. And the doctor told me, well, you got to lose weight. So at that time, I was probably close to 270, 260 pounds. Okay. And I lost about 20 pounds, which was the bare minimum I needed to do fertility stuff. Did that, had my kids, and then the process started back again of gaining weight. And that was more a factor of having two kids. I have twins, and it's hard to move when you have kids. It's hard to get up and um, not, especially when they're young, to they can't move, so you don't move. I was, you know, my neighborhood was very hilly, taking two children in a stroller, pushing 50 pounds up and down hills, was really hard, and I wasn't in a place to do anything really hard, and it wasn't, I wasn't motivated. That's the honest truth.
0: What, what, it's a positive for a second. What's the timeline of that? Because it literally just sounds like you just went to college and got married right after college. Is that,
1: um, I have been with my husband since high school. Oh, so we did get married right out of, and I don't want to say right out of college, we got engaged the first year we graduated, and then we got married a year later. And then the pretty much between, in my 20s, I went from, hmm, probably 200 to 270 pounds just between the end of college and um, being inactive. And then um, I got pregnant right at the beginning of my 30s. Oh, okay. So then, yeah. I don't remember where we were going with this. <laughs> no, I asked you because yeah. the way the
0: timeline was working, I was asking like how many years that was because it sounded like, you know, like super fast, like college, got married, had kids and that's cool. But so, so along the way, it kind of sounded like, like that, you know, bad choices or Cheetos or whatever. was just like, cause it was there.
1: Yeah. It was convenience. It was easy. Um, it tasted good. And I'll be honest. I didn't know what feeling good felt like.
0: What does that mean? Elaborate on that.
1: Like when I come in here now and when I eat healthy and I work out, it feels good. I feel good at the end of the day. And I was so far from that that I couldn't get anywhere close to that. Mm. I didn't understand what not eating Cheetos felt like, what having broccoli and vegetables and not say that I never ate a vegetable or that I never ate fruit. But when the majority of your diet is processed and unhealthy things, you don't feel good. When you don't get up and move, you don't feel good.
0: Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand how good they're supposed to feel.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like to equate it to when you have a cold and you can't breathe quite well and you're sniffling and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you don't have that cold anymore and like, oh my God, I forgot what this felt like. I forgot what it felt to get a full uh, breath of air. I forgot what it felt like not to have to blow my nose every 20 seconds.
0: That's a good analogy.
1: And that that I didn't know what that felt like because I was so in it for so long. Um,
0: so you got, so I, I didn't know you did the whole infertility thing. So you lost like 20 pounds yeah. and uh, and you started all that. And then you had your kids and yeah. then stroller. So where were you? Yeah. What, what I happened? had
1: my kids and originally I was working for about nine months where my kids were born. I had the insurance, so I worked. And then nine months into it, my husband, um, graduate he'd have been a phd program end up getting his degree not his phd but that's a whole another story for a whole another podcast maybe okay. <laughs> um and so he started a job had insurance and i was commuting to emory at the time working in a lab in emory and i decided that it was just too much to have to uh commute with putting kids in daycare and so i stayed home and when i started staying home i had two focuses i said one I can't do nothing. I've either got to work on myself or work something for the family. So I decided to start working, for my, working on myself and getting healthy. Um, the second thing is I used to have this recurring irrational fear. And I realized it was irrational. But at my weight and at my time, my kids were nine months, almost a year, starting to get pretty mobile. And I had this fear they were going to run out into the street. They were going to start running and that I wouldn't be able to save them or chase after them. They would just keep going and I would be at my athletic end.
0: Mm.
1: And so I did at that time what I thought would be where my comfort level was. So I went to one of these women's only circuit gyms and I would go in and do my circuit three, four times a week. And it worked for a while and I had a lot of success. Um, I had a great trainer there and she knew that I wanted more, knew I was uh, ready for more. And so I'd get in, she'd be like, all right, lunge back and forth in the building. But despite her and despite all that, you're doing the same thing day in, day out. And I mean, I lost probably a good 40 pounds, 50 pounds doing it. But then it started to get gained back because going four times a week started to turn into twice a week. And I stopped not focusing on the nutrition side of it because I wasn't motivated to go in and do the same thing over and over and over again. So I looked into functional fitness, um, a local CrossFit gym, and got in. And the thing that sold me was the community. And I think um, you can get fitness anywhere, but it is percent. It is the community that brings you in. And I remember walking into this place and I was still very overweight. I was probably 220 pounds and I pulled into the parking lot and there was a bunch of shirtless guys doing sledgehammers, hitting a sledgehammer on tires. And I'm like, where did I walk into? <laughs> You're like, what? I just
0: got the group on bro. Yes! Yeah. I
1: was like, I was going for my trial session. I'm like, Oh my goodness. And some kid who again was a great trainer, but comes in and it's like, all right, let's go do your first session. I'm like, what am I doing? And I about died. I remember there were box jumps, which I was stepping onto a little 12 inch box. There were thrusters, which they were dumbbell thrusters. I don't even think I got a quarter of squat in. Um, and then you had to run around 200 meters. And I remember I asked him like, should I just walk? Is it okay if I walk? And he's like, yes, it's okay if you walk, just come back.
0: Um, Come back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was an AMRAP. I didn't understand what an AMRAP was. He's like, can you go longer? And I'm like, sure. I think I can do one more round. Um, But the entire time the people are saying, go, you can do this. And they're cheering me. And I came back the next day, sore as crap. (laughs) Yeah. But did more. And um, I was there for about a year and a half And at the year and probably quarter mark, we got a tax refund and they used to do packages of six months, 12 months. And I bought a six month package.
0: You mean like you like pay for the six months? Pay for the six months. That's some commitment right there. Okay.
1: I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. And um, as good as that gym was, they didn't have a lot of active coaching. So I was...
0: Define that.
1: Nobody was telling me how to do things. They'd go up and they'd demo a back squat. And then here's 15 minutes, go to your back squats. Um, the workouts would be like, all right, here is our workout. It's 30 minutes. You're doing five rounds. Here's the movements. Here's some adjustments. Go. So even though I was getting better because I was going in and putting in the work, I, there were things like I was never going to get good at. I wasn't going to get good at my Olympic lifts because nobody was teaching me how to Olympic lift. I wasn't going to get good at pull-ups because nobody was showing me how to do pull-ups. I went in every weekend – for probably three to four weekends trying to do rope climbs. They had open gym hours and I would pull the rope out and I would pull the um, crash mat out and I would just sit there and try and try and try after watching videos. And they would give me a tip or two, but nobody stayed with me and actively um, showed me how to do it. And then a new gym was opening up. A lot of the people from that community were actually going over to this new gym. So I decided to let's go try it with them. And then I got there and loved the coaching. I was getting coached. The way that I now look at being coached was the way I was getting coached and the way I try and coach. Um, And I was like, I got to get here. I got to do this place. How do I make this happen? And I talked to the owner. he's like, well, um, because I just paid for six months, I couldn't afford to do both.
0: Oh, yeah, I get you.
1: He's like, well, work at the front desk. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I worked at the front desk, and I got better both physically and started to be more involved in the gym. It was a smaller gym, so they were doing competitions. I helped them plan the competition. Um, I started contacting new members and all this kind of stuff, being the face when people would come in, and I just loved it. And that progressed into coaching because I knew what it felt like to be that first person walking in and not thinking that you belonged or could do this and trying to get people to be able to do it.
0: Man, that's awesome! And you know that that community thing when you're like everybody's just cheering me around the building. Like, you know what's interesting is that I'll talk to people like I, you know, like you mentioned, like you can go do burpees anywhere, dude. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, whatever. And 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 we don't have some secret sauce to the programming here at Strongside. I mean, I think it's good, mm-hmm. but I'm not unaware that there's probably some gym in Narnia that has like a better program. You get what I'm saying? But everybody says no matter where you go, I've never met a person that didn't embrace that community i don't care what gym you go to it's like oh man that sucked and like what'd you just say i was back the next day because the community is everything and the people cheering you on uh making it gone that's a cool story so so you had what you you said you got up to 260 you lost 20 and then and then you lost like another 40
1: yeah it just well so i lost i started right after my kids were born by the time they were about nine months and I started out it my physical fitness journey yeah. where I really started being consistent. Cause I mean, truth, if you name it, I had done any exercise video that existed. I had done any diet program and none of it stuck. So I, w- I l- did the circuit gym. I lost about 50 pounds, gained about 20 of it back and then started doing the functional fitness. And I'll be honest, everything just fell into place. That's awesome. I got into the gym and I wanted to do more. I like I said, I wanted to get pull ups and I was like, all right, I don't want that piece of cake because I want to get pull ups tomorrow. You know, I don't want to have that extra drink or that drink at all tonight because I know I'm gonna get up tomorrow and I'm going to feel better being in the gym and doing it. And then eventually I started educating myself more on what the purpose, what the building blocks of food were. So why does my body need more protein? Okay, I'm building muscle. Let's eat a little more protein. Why do I need carbohydrates? All right, I got a long workout tomorrow. Let's let's. It's okay to have a few more carbohydrates. All right? Um, and that kind of just progressed. And honestly, I don't want to say it was easy because it wasn't easy. But once I was in that environment, things just fell into place. I, wa- I don't know if I wanted it so bad or I felt so um, supported that it, it stopped being hard.
0: You're an environment. Yeah. Like environments breed success. Like I think, you know, it's like, is there bad people or is there like bad environments? You get know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like, okay, well, why did you want it more? Well, you just described that you had found a good environment for you that yeah. said like, I would be willing to bet that you did not want your fitness less at any other gym you had been at. It's just that for whatever reason, that gym bred your environment where you were like, all right, now's go time.
1: Yeah, said it just it fell into place. I mean, we did things, and I probably wouldn't do them again. But we did paleo challenges, we did whole thirties, um, and they're things that I can still go back and use those building blocks if I need to lose a little bit of weight. But I've got far better balance, far better knowledge mm. of what it is that I need in my life, and a far better balance just overall. You know, it's not all good, it's not all bad. But I know when I have the bad things, how it's going to make me feel. And I know that having the good things makes me feel so much better.
0: That's awesome. So at the end of the whole thing, I mean, I know it's never ending. Like, we're always trying to get better. But you lost like 100 freaking pounds. Yeah. Wasn't it like 105 or something like
1: that? Well, it depends on which day of the week we're talking. Okay. <laughs> um, so honestly, at my heaviest, I was about 260 and at my lightest, when I was like hardcore crushing RP, if you know what RP is, I was probably 145.
0: Wow. So like 115 pounds. Yeah. Beginning to end. That, you know, the, the cool thing about that is like, like, I think a lot of things in life are very subjective to your opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you go somewhere and you're like, I want to get a promotion. And you're like, I didn't get the promotion because the boss doesn't like me. That might be like your opinion, but it might, are you really there on time in the morning? Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, it's unmeasurable. But the cool thing about like weight loss or fitness or doing a pull-up is you are 100% measuring that. So that's a really unique thing that you go through. You're like, dude, y'all lost 115 pounds and there's no, nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can take away that measurement. It's not like, you know, somebody's abbreviation of it. It 100% happened. Yes. That's what's super cool about it. What is... There's probably not one thing, maybe one or two. What are the biggest things you learned either about yourself or the journey throughout the course of
1: doing that? Um, well, one, you have to find what works. And don't be afraid to try new things, to do things that you think you can't do, um, but just to keep at it. I, Like I said, I tried every diet program. I tried every exercise video that there was. Um, so keep trying doesn't mean that you give up quickly, but don't be afraid to go out of your comfort zone for things. Mm. Um, and I think you've got to reset your mind and learn how to listen to your body. Once I learned how to listen to my body, that made a difference. Cause at the beginning we talked about not knowing how feeling good felt like, and it took to know what feeling good felt like to know how to adjust. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think, learn to listen to your body. And especially as athletes right now, we don't always learn to listen to our body. We learn to turn that part of our bodies off. Uh, you know, you get in a hard workout. Okay. It hurts. Keep going. Ooh. Yeah. You know, um, it's, and then, you know, in college, when you're younger, you go out drinking, you wake up in the morning, you feel like crap. Okay. That's part of it. That's part of it. But you don't have to feel that way. There is a better way. There is a light. Um, and, okay. and find people who support you.
0: That's a big one. Yeah. We talked a lot about that. I've had a, a, just a couple of conversations with people throughout the week about, I mean, in, I'm interested if you have any insight on this, that like the better you do figuring out, so you said be around good people, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that when you try to do good or try to change yourself, that you usually wind up changing the people that you're around because yep. you'll wind up losing 30 pounds. And your drinking buddies are like, "What's wrong with you? Like, you're fine. Like, whatever." Or, or you know, you don't want to eat bad food, and then it's like, "Oh, I forgot, Jenny's on a diet." Like, you know, like you get know what I'm saying. So you wind up changing the people you're with. Did you go through that at all?
1: Um, I didn't have a great group of people around me at the time. We moved when we moved down here. Uh, I didn't. I don't make friends easily. So being in front and being coaching is something that if you'd asked me 20 years ago, do you think I would be good at I'd be like, uh-uh. I don't know how to stand in front of a group and have this commanding presence and be fun and personable and uh, do these things. But now I can't imagine anything else. But, uh, Lord, I forgot. Oh, so people. Yeah, I didn't have a good group of people. I didn't have a lot of group of people. people. Um, it was a small group. It was my husband who is one of my best friends and the most supportive person. But sometimes that's a double-edged sword because he will support me to no end when I'm on a diet. And if I want a piece of chocolate cake, he will bend over backwards and get it. And sometimes that's not always what I need. Got it, yeah. Um, But I think as I've gotten older, I've learned to recognize the people who are always going to be there. The people who are going to support you no matter what and try and avoid the people who are not. Um, People who... They don't have to reach out to you all the time. You don't have to see them all the time. But when they're there, they're 100% there and 100% supportive. Um, And like I said, I didn't have a great group of people who didn't support me when I changed. Everybody. There were a couple people probably at the gym that I was at that saw me progressing. And they weren't progressing and went, hmm, I don't want to be friends with her anymore because she's. Yeah. But. They, I wouldn't have ever really been close with that person in the beginning.
0: I get what you're saying. So that, man, that's super cool. So then, so you do all that. And then what sparked, like you talked about, being at the front desk and stuff like that. How do you find coaching along the way?
1: Like, I just, you know, you'd be in class and you would start to absorb the knowledge. You know, like I said, I went in before I was even at that place and read about rope climbs and learned about rope climbs and tried to teach myself rope climbs. I did the same thing f- even when I was in that environment where I had a lot of good coaching. All right, power cleans. How do I get better at power cleans? All right, let me read up and figure it out. And then I'd see somebody in class, and they'd be doing one of the things on one of the videos I'd watched. And, you know, there's a balance when you're not the coach of trying to help somebody and letting the coach coach. Yeah. But I'd want to help them. And I had that drive, so I was like, Let me try and coach.
0: You just felt like a fire in there. Yeah,
1: And I had um, an awesome friend. She is the coach who I looked at to be like. And she's like, go do it, go do it, go do it. And then I had a couple other friends be like, yeah, you'd be a great coach. Go do it, go do it. And so I went and got my L1. And the place I was at happened to need coaches. And so a little bit of trial by fire here. Go coach. But it, it worked out well.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. You know, that de- what, what you're describing is like that desire, right? Mm-hmm. So I've kind of moved to a new way that I interview people now. So typically what happens is somebody sends their resume, mm-hmm. right? And you can send over this whole, you know, freaking the president can give you a review. I don't mm-hmm. really care. All right. So when somebody sends over their, their resume, I send them a message back and I said, great, that's awesome. Send me a 60 second video. To my cell phone, say whatever you want, Mm -hmm. 60 second video, because you can see desire. So when you talk about coaching, that burning desire, that's what makes a great coach. Yeah. I really don't care where you went to school. I really don't care what education you have. I think that's like important. Like, I mean, like, you know, you can't like not know anything, but the person that wants, like you just said, I want to go watch a YouTube video. I need to help these people. You feeling that compelled, you will get so much farther than in this world, then I went to school for 10 years. Yes. Because if nobody likes you and you don't have a desire to help people, ain't nobody caring where you went to school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you've, got to, you've got to want it and you've got to continue to want to get better at it and realize that you ain't ever going to be the best. Oh, yeah. That no matter how much you know, there is somebody who knows a little bit more who can do it slightly different and just to keep learning and to getting better at it. Because there's so
0: much, man. Freaking, you know, diets, one conversation, but even look at exercises. You might be like, I've been coaching, like I've been coaching fifteen years. And there's like three things that I think I'm pretty solid on. Yeah. And then all the time I'll hear somebody else. I'm like, oh, I've never taught the box jump like that. Like, oh, that's it. Because there's so many
1: different things. Yes. Well, and I think that's part of it too, like not just coaching, but you've got to take the classes. Mm. You've got to take classes from different people. And Absorb what they're telling you. Absorb what you're learning. I've done everything wrong all the time. So I constantly need to get coached and get told how to do it and fix things. And there are things I think I'm pretty good at now. I mean, not to say I can't use improvement, but... There's a lot of things I did a lot of wrong ways. I remember when I went into back squat the first time, and I had an athlete beside me go, "No, no, no, and because I, I was doing this what they call the stripper booty thing where my booty went up before everything else
0: Oh uh, yeah,
1: um but it's like I said I've been there. I know what it's like to not do it right, and I know what it's like to want to do it right and I think I'm pretty good at knowing people and knowing when to push them, knowing when to pull back and knowing when they're okay with a little play with that Yeah. versus the, all right, let's get a little technical. You did this wrong and how to fix it.
0: That's awesome. So you, you went and got like your L1 yes. or whatever. So you go get your L1 and then what? Did you start taking classes or coaching classes immediately or was there an on-ramp or
1: um it was pretty much trial by fire okay there was um supposed to be some shadowing and we were just desperate for coaches so shadowing turned into coaching pretty quick I mean at that point I had expressed an interest to coach probably for the last six months to a year so I was in an environment where people were like, here, this is the way I do this. They knew I was watching. They knew I was absorbing. It was just kind of figuring out, do I have that presence? And honestly, I think so much of coaching is watching and learning and knowing how to correct. And that's something that can't be taught so much in an L1. It just has to be experienced by doing. Yeah, you got to
0: see a whole bunch of people mess up. Try to fix them. You got to fail. They didn't understand what you were saying. I'm with you. I want to go find my first five clients and apologize.
1: Yes, there was one girl that came in and we could not get her do. I could not get her do kettlebell swings. And I thought I had every single cue. And I'd I'd spent day the day before, like I knew a new person was coming in. I knew we had kettlebell swings. I looked up how many cues you could give and how to do it. And I I could not, I, I couldn't get it. And then the coach at the time walked in and gave her like two things and boom, it was right. And I I felt like a failure. But again, I still came back the next day. And I think a lot of my first three to four months coaching, I would go home and feel like a failure 50% of the time because I couldn't get it right. But that just made me work all the more harder and really learn from the times when I did do it right. What worked? Why did that work? Okay, how do we apply that next time?
0: That's awesome. I mean, that's what it is. It's a relentless, like I'm really focused on. You don't you don't need to have all the answers, but you need to you do need to know who to go to to get those answers. So you mentioned like uh, taking somebody else's class, reviewing mm-hmm. stuff. You know, YouTube is actually a very good source of information to go to if you follow the right people. Yes, um, reading stuff, trial by error, man. You're you're taking a human, and you're having to move dynamically. Like you talked about a kettlebell swing. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a giant metal object. And swinging it through the air, and then at some point, I have to take this new person, and and like teach them how to do it while they're doing it. That takes a lot of, really a lot of experience. Yes, to be able to get that. So your first couple years as a coach, you're kind of you're practicing, is what you're really doing.
1: Still practicing. Yeah, but yeah, you you just got to keep doing it. And like my Instagram is okay; it's half cooking, and then it's probably half some sort of. Uh, functional fitness, CrossFit, whatever you want to call it, um, movement guys, athletes. Because even seeing some of the professionals move, you're you're learning something. Yeah, seeing you know it's not just the instructors. So uh, constantly re um, integrating, relearning, and getting it reinforced.
0: What's been the what's been your favorite part about the evolution of your coaching journey?
1: Probably just getting to the point where most of the time I can coach and have fun with it every time where I can have fun with the athletes and they can have fun too. When I started coaching, I had no clue how to have fun. I was like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. We're going to instruct it. And now it's like, all right, we're going to have a little fun with it too. Yeah. You know, and it's not just playing games. Because uh, I, when I, the last place I started doing Saturdays and I made sure we had a game every Saturday because that was how I knew how to have fun at the time. We're going to play a game, then we're going to get serious. Okay, yeah. Now we're having fun as we're being serious. It's a very different thing. Like we can joke around and still have good power cleans at the same time.
0: Yeah, there's that line of like, you know, what they want and what they need, and you got to hold them accountable, but you still, still got to have fun. You got to teach something. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting like value deal. What's been. What's been the hardest thing for you to progress as a coach?
1: I don't know. That's that's a hard question to think about. I mean, I think that for me, I'm not always the best athlete. So when it comes to certain movements, especially gymnastics, they don't come easy to me. And so I definitely have a little bit of hesitation with coaching them. Give me a barbell, I got that. No problem. Um, but I have to watch a lot of videos, learn a lot with gymnastics. And then I feel like I get up there and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that is the technical term, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think worrying about my own physical fitness and how that appears has been a little bit of a hesitation a stop, but I've learned that people don't care what you can do. They care that you do it with them and that you can help them do it better. And the truth is I'd rather them do it better than I can. That means I'm being a good coach. Yep.
0: Yeah. You know, I started StrongSap when I was 24 and, you know, let my ego get in the way a couple of times. And it was like, I got to be the fittest person in the gym until you realize like how short lived that is. Like, like, I'm fit, but I'm not like in the grand scheme of the world fit, right? So like I'm limiting the gym population. And like what you just said, People don't care if you can do it. They care if they, if you can get them to do it, yeah. that's all, that's all they really care about. And no coach is going to be able to do everything. You need to do, be able to do the majority of things. Like if you can't do a push up, we're gonna to have to have a different conversation, but like, you know, you're talking about like muscle ups and like, okay, hang on a second. So how can you break that down for that athlete? That's what really matters is having a plan to demystify it, to give them steps. Yes. And uh, yeah, no, I've been there. It's hard. <laughs> Because everybody wants you to be the fittest, but then you start realizing, well, wait a minute, what about like NFL coaches? They cannot do a single thing that <laughs> they're asking their athletes to do, not a one, but they understand the team, the environment, they understand the game, they have a strategy they're implementing processes to get there
1: yes, like I said you just you got to show them that you care and then show them that you'll get there and have confidence in what you're saying,
0: like yeah, you get up
1: in the room and listen you I, I, I may not be the best person at even a power clean, which I think I'm pretty good at, but I'm going to act like I am and you're going to be confident in me because that's going to lead you to be confident in yourself. And that's where it counts.
0: Yeah. And it's even not like a, it's not like an acting, like you don't know what you're talking about. It's an, it's an acting of, I'm going to say these sentences. I'm 100% sure that what I'm saying is correct. I didn't say I know everything. I just said that the three or four sentences that I delivered, I'm a hundred percent certain of that information.
1: Yeah. And I'm okay too. Uh, if I fail, I'm going to say, Hey, listen, I failed at this guys. Like, yeah. You know, we're talking about today's workout with those lat pull downs. I'm like, yeah, I would be the one to smack myself in the face while I'm demoing it in a coat, you know, but then I'm going to laugh and go, ha guys, don't do this. This is a lesson for you. Yeah.
0: You just lean into yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I can't take myself too seriously. I take That's the cool. movement seriously. I take movement seriously, but I don't take myself.
0: I love it, man. I love that whole story. What's, um, what, like, where are you at now? Like, what's your next thing? Whether it's, like, do you like to compete? Do you just want to continue to feel good? Like, like where are you at with the whole thing?
1: Just, I think I'm right at the point where I'm trying to find a little better balance with everything. Um, I do like to go out and do some local competitions. I definitely have a competitive spirit, so I do like to compete. But I've got a lot of priorities that are bigger than that. Gotcha. Um, you know, I've got two kids. I they're getting to the point where they're not going to need me as much, which is great. Um, but it's kind of valuing the time we've got. Um being able to help more people here, develop that is definitely a priority. But and just be able to honestly getting into the gym four to five times a week is hard enough as it is.
0: Yeah, dude, with everything else in life, yeah. Yep.
1: So, that that that's big goal. <laughs>
0: Well, what's your, uh, what's something that you, you feel like you've improved on since your time at StrongSet? How long have you been here?
1: Since September.
0: Yeah. So it's like six months yeah. or something like that. So like, dude, what's the biggest takeaway with coaching so far?
1: <sighs> that I know what I'm doing <laughs> No, I mean, well, you know, you come into an environment and you don't know anybody and I still can't know how to coach and have people have a good environment and have a fun class you know, starting the new at Johns Creek. Like, I didn't know anybody. You got 30, 20 people that you don't know. Yeah. And I go in there and I'm like, all right, guys, we are going to have fun. And I hope um, they had fun, even on mornings when I didn't eat my Wheaties. uh, Those who were there on Tuesday know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But that I can still have a good time doing this, even though I don't have that personal relationship with every athlete in the class. Because the last gym was very small. Gotcha. And I knew everybody. I I have all their numbers on my phone, most likely. Cause I've re- reached out and talked to them on a regular basis. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But, um, I could, it, it, you, I still have that ability to have that personal connection without having a regular talk. With I you. get what you're saying. Yeah.
0: What's the biggest piece of advice you would get somebody to start, to start any journey. I don't care if it's lose 15 pounds is 115. Do your first pull up. They want to get started in health and wellness. What's a, a piece of advice. Just start. That's good.
1: Uh, start, but, but surround yourself with information that's going to help. You know, if you've got your Instagram full of cooking videos of cakes and you're trying to lose weight, lose the Instagram on the cakes.
0: Oh, snap.
1: If you want to get a pull-up, start putting... I mean, and I'm going to Instagram because that's probably where I spend most of my time that I shouldn't be doing or that I'm wasting time on somewhat. But start filling that up with things that are going to help you get better as opposed to things that are going to derail you. And if you have people that are supporting you, surround yourself with them.
0: I'm 100%. Um, I, went, I just recently went through uh, my Instagram, my Facebook, my everything. I'm real big on being positive. And I know that there's a lot of stress in my life, and the only way that I can survive through it is to be positive. And I have unfollowed, not the unfriend, the unfollow button <laughs> is my favorite freaking button. And uh, on Facebook and Instagram of anything that's not positive anything any news outlet that was just breeding negativity any person that was bringing negativity you're out
1: i mean if you think about it, when you, you look at instagram it's not when you're having a great day and have full uh, schedule it's when all right i've got 20 minutes i got nothing to do let me pull it up so you're probably not already in a great mood probably not already in a great place and if it's things that are going to make it worse for you get off of it
0: that's awesome so kind of like assess your environment. Yeah. Assess your environment. Make sure you're in an environment to be successful because if you don't have the right vehicle to be successful, well, you're not going to be there. Right. And that might be your social media. It might be, you talked about, you know, your friends and people you hang out with earlier. It might be your lifestyle. You got to put yourself in that position Mm -hmm. to be successful.
1: Yeah. And you know, and if it comes to losing weight and food, if there's something that's going to be a trigger, take it away. Whether it's a person, a food, anything, don't have it in the house. Um, I got my precision nutrition certification, uh, level one. And one of the things they say, if it's in there, the house, you will eat it eventually. It may not be Monday. It may not be Tuesday. It may be two months from now, but eventually you will eat it. So if you don't want to have, you know, the temptation of the cake, yeah, you can make, you can avoid it six days a week, but that seventh day will come around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it will happen. Um, so, you know, in that case, there were things that I definitely wouldn't eat that I made my kids I don't say I made my kids eat, but when it came to, like, picking, I didn't want them to feel like they were on this journey with me. So, <laughs> there were things like sweet tarts. I won't touch with a 10-foot pole. Hershey's Kisses, sure, I'll touch. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I, they had Laffy Taffy. that You can have as much Laffy Taffy as you want and not physically have it, but that was their treat.
0: Gotcha. Because
1: yeah, I wasn't going to be tempted
0: yeah, you control you control your environment. Yes, that's cool. Hey, why well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I think that's a great story with not only a great story, but great perspective. Like you get to put yourself in the athlete's shoes and because a lot of times we don't know their struggles. Like it's not, you know, a lot of coaches have been fit their entire life, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you probably don't know what it's like to never be able to do a pull up or a push up or an air squat. You don't know what it's like to row two hundred meters and be physically exhausted.
1: Yeah. To not run 200 meters yeah. at all. Like when we used to run the mile, I would sit there and we had a 200 loop and I would run the 200 loop. I say run and I would walk the 200 loop a lot of the times, but walk it because I wasn't sure if we went out on the road that I would be able to come back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they would be sending emergency vehicles out to get me. And it was never really that serious, but I knew that I, I was comfortable going around in circles. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. When I started this whole thing, you will find time for what is important in your life. And so when I started this journey, I literally was walking circles around my living room, stepping over kids and kids' toys because I wanted to get my steps in. Wow. So it was, you know, a eight, it wasn't probably the eight by eight, but, you know, a small room, circles and circles and circles and circles. So everything counts. Every piece of effort makes a difference.
0: Every piece of effort makes a difference. I love it, man. That's good. Hey, well, uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I know you got a coach tonight at Roswell, so go crush it. And that was an amazing story. I'm pumped up, and I know our members are going to be pumped up.
1: Well, thank you. I enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Let's rock and roll.
1: All right.